Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode number eight of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. That's Tony, L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, I will be previewing the Gophers Week 5 matchup with Purdue um, I'll be breaking down the Boilermakers roster, headlined by their two QB system, um, how Jeff Brom led uh, teams match up with the Gophers specifically, and what Minnesota's path to victory on Saturday might look like. get right into it um Purdue is a unique team in the Big Ten the last few years they've been kind of uh frisky for lack of a better term um they've they've had exciting offenses and kind of have struggled on defense the past few years uh in 2020, they were two and four in their in the shortened season and if you remember they had that really close game with the Gophers where there was that pass interference at the end of the game that called back a Purdue touchdown. Uh, It it was a crazy ending, and the Gophers ended up winning. And so they finished 2-4 and on the year. This year, uh, they are 3-1 and um, with a 30-21 win over Oregon State first week of the year at Purdue. And then they went on the road to UConn, one of the worst teams in the country, uh, shut them out 49-0. And then they played uh, Notre Dame tough um, in South Bend. Um, they lost 13-27, to and that game seemed kind of closer than uh, what the box score showed even. It seemed like Purdue was in it all game, which they were. Um, and then last week they uh, beat Illinois 13-9. Um, so they're a good Big Ten team this season. I think they've shown that. Uh, the big headline obviously they lost Rondell Moore last year and their offense kind of really hasn't missed a beat um speaking of their offense I guess we'll go more in depth into how their roster uh shakes out um on offense they kind of roll with a two quarterback system uh Jack Plummer and Aiden O'Connell um Plummer has started every game this year. Um, O'Connell did not make an appearance in the first game of the year against Oregon State, but he has uh, played a pretty large role in every game since. Um, So for Plummer, before 2021, both quarterbacks kind of had uh, 
lot of experience playing at the Big Ten level. Plummer had 2,600 totally or passing yards and 20 touchdowns, and O'Connell had 2,000 uh, passing yards and 15 touchdowns about. Um, and then so far this year, Plummer's uh, been the more effective passer, uh, completing 69.5% of his passes for 840 yards uh, seven touchdowns and no intercept, uh, interceptions, but that's obviously in four games. Um, while O'Connell in his three games has completed 66.6% of his passes for 372, three touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, so they don't really have a true quarterback or two quarterback system. They've kind of, kind of almost went with the hot hand. Uh, Plummer struggling. They put O'Connell in. If O'Connell struggling, they bring Plummer back in. Uh, against Illinois, uh, the offense was struggling mightily. Obviously, they only scored 13 points. Um, but so Plummer was playing most of the game, and then O'Connell went in for a game-winning drive. Purdue ended up scoring. Uh, ended up beating Illinois. So uh, apparently, Purdue has already announced who the starter is to the team in this game, but they're not going to announce it publicly, I'm assuming, until Saturday. Um, So I would imagine O'Connell might get his first start of the year, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's Plummer either. Um, So I think Gopher fans and the Gophers should expect both quarterbacks to play. Um... I, both of them are very talented passers. They've shown both to have very effective games at times. Um, so I, I think that they've kind of used the quarterback two quarterback system very well. It's something that is often attempted in college football, but rarely uh, done at a high level. Um, I think they've done pretty well and shown that it can be effective this year. But so that's definitely something to watch out for. On Saturday, and then uh, kind of the rest of their offense, like I said earlier, uh, replacing their star wide receiver, all Big Ten, uh, Rondell Moore, uh, was a huge task. Um, but luckily, they had uh, junior wide receiver David Bell, who uh, had plenty of production while Rondell Moore was with Purdue, they kind of were a dynamic duo, and he was almost the underappreciated, underrated one. Um, He did get knocked out of the Notre Dame game due to a concussion and didn't play against Illinois. Um, But this year, still in two and two-thirds of a game, uh, he has 21 catches for 329 yards and three touchdowns. Uh. But he's had a really productive career at Purdue. Um, he had 86 catches for 1,000 roughly yards and seven touchdowns as a freshman. And then in his sophomore year, in half the games last season, he had 53 catches for 625 and eight. Um, so he's shown improvement every single year. Um, I think he's honestly one of the better receivers in the Big Ten. Uh, he doesn't get talked about in the same breath as a Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave from Ohio State, but I think he's honestly really underrated, to be honest, and he should uh, have every, every argument to be in that same class. He's 6'2", 205, 
uh, plays on the outside. He, he can get up the for the jump balls. Um, he played well against the Gophers last year. I, I could be wrong, but I think he had a better game than Rondell Moore. Um, but so he's definitely a worthy number one option, and the Gophers' defensive game plan should be built around stopping him. I would assume that he's going to play this week because he was a game time decision last week. That I don't think the team has officially said that he will play, but I would be shocked if he doesn't. Um, as for the rest of their pass catchers, uh, starting tight end and their number two leading receiver, um, Payne Durham, uh, suffered a concussion last week against Illinois, and he is unlikely to suit up, so that's something to watch. Um, outside of Durham now, they will likely have a combination of sophomore TJ Sheffield, who's kind of supposed to be the next in line after Rondell Moore and David Bell. I don't know if that'll happen, but uh, it seems like he's kind of expected to be that guy. Um, junior Milton Wright and senior Jackson Anthrop will also have a role at wide receiver. So that kind of um, brings together their passing game. It, they like to go with the two quarterbacks, and David Bell is their number one option. Um, they are... Uh, they average 314 yards passing a game, which is 17th in the country. Uh, Jeff Brom, their head coach, uh, he is a offensive-minded head coach, and he likes to pass the ball. Uh, this is his fifth season at Purdue, and in his every other year except for the first one in West Lafayette, the Boilermakers have averaged over 300 passing yards a game. So he likes to sling the ball. He likes to run the spread them out and uh, kind of that air raid system. Not ex as much as some other people, but he likes to pass the ball. Uh, kind of the opposite of the Gophers that we've seen. Um, but so, yeah, their passing game's the uh, bread and butter of their offense, and the Gophers secondary will need to be ready. Uh, and I think they will need to have a good performance from them if they want any chance winning this game. As for the rest of their offense... Um, the offensive line experienced group, they're led by uh, grad grad student um, tackle Greg Long, uh, who's two years removed from transferring from UTEP, and uh, Western Kentucky grad transfer uh, guard Tyler Witt. Uh, they're an experienced group, definitely not the strength of their team, definitely not the weakness. Um, they get the job done. Um, I think the Gophers will have an advantage uh, with their talented defensive front and front seven who's honestly played very well the last two weeks uh they will have an advantage on paper i don't know if they'll have an advantage in the game but uh hopefully they realize that and take advantage of that um as for the running backs this is probably the weakness of the purdue uh offense uh they've battled injuries all year uh presumptive leading rusher uh xander horvath and who in the first two weeks was the leading rusher, broke his leg, and he's out for a long period of time. And then uh, his expected replacement, King Daru, sweet name first of all, but uh, he was out last week due to an injury. There's still no official word of a play this week, but he's not expected to. So they will lean on uh, freshman Dylan Downing, who has uh, 33 carries for 131 yards on the season. And then uh, Jaquiz 
Jaquez Cross is another name, but he only has eight carries on the year. Um, so they definitely have an inexperienced running uh, group. I wouldn't imagine that they're going to try to run the ball on the Gophers very much, especially when in the last two games they've really only allowed like five positive yards total on like 40 carries. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I would imagine the secondary is going to get tested. Purdue's going to lean on their passing game. I'd kind of be shocked if they don't. Um, they only average 93 uh, rushing yards per game, so I would be shocked if they uh, came out running the ball a lot. Uh, this is going to be a pass-happy game plan for the Boilermakers, and I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Um, as a team, they only average 26.2 points per game on offense, um, but that's coming out. So they scored 30 week one, 49 week two, and then a Kind of a tough Notre Dame defense. They only scored 13. And then against Illinois, they scored 13 again. So this is a capable offense. they coming off two weeks where they didn't show much. Um, but should expect a pass-happy attack with a team that can certainly put up points and make big plays. Um, as for the defensive side of the ball, uh, it is George Karlaftis and everyone else for Purdue. George Karlaftis is probably, if not the the best player the Gophers have played, uh, especially defensively this season, the best defensive player they've played, if not the best overall player. Um, he's ranked as the number 14 uh, prospect in the 22 NFL draft, according to Pro Football Focus. Um Notably higher than Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler. And the only player that the Gophers have played that's ranked higher than Carl Aftis is Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Uh, Carl Aftis, big defensive end, um, six foot four. Uh, he's kind of that classic, like hand in the dirt defensive end. Uh, he can play stand up outside the linebacker, but he's, I would compare him a lot to. Uh, Everson Griffin on the Vikings, um, very comparable play styles and skill set. Karlaftis uh, has 12 tackles, a sack and a half, two pass defenses, and two forced fumbles this year. Um, that's So in 2019 as a freshman, he had 54 tackles for seven and a half sacks, and he kind of broke onto the scene. And last year he struggled. He, I believe he tested positive for covid and he had injuries and kind of struggled to get back on track. Um, so this year he's definitely shown that 2019 self in his junior year this year. Um, but the Gophers offensive line will have their handful, uh, hands full. Um, after kind of a disappointing performance last week, I would assume they'll be motivated and they'll, their game plan will definitely be around slowing down Carl Aftis. Um as for the rest of the defense, uh, Purdue kind of underratedly last year, they had Rondell Moore go off to the NFL. They also had their leading tackler uh, linebacker, Derek Barnes, who got dra- or who's now at the Lions, and Lorenzo Neal Jr., defensive tackle, who signed a training camp deal with the Broncos. I don't believe he's still on the team. But as for Barnes, he just made his first start with the Lions. So those were two clear clearly uh, big departures for this defense, but they've done a very good job replacing them. Um, 
Senior linebacker Jalen Alexander is number two on the team in tackles. He's made plays all year. He's definitely a guy that uh, the Gophers should watch out for on that defense. Um, replacing Barnes and Neal, they've done very well. Uh, they're 53rd in the country in run defense, allowing only 124 yards per game. Um, I would say, But I would say that their pass defense is the strength of their defense. Uh, safeties Marvin Grant and Cam Allen are number one and two on the team in tackles. You don't see that all the time when safeties are that uh, high on the team in tackles, but um, the secondary is very good for Purdue. Their uh, cornerbacks, Jamari Brown and Diedrich Mackey, have performed very well. And as a team, they allowed the 30th fewest passing yards in the country at only 176.8. Um, it's their defensive coordinator, Brad Lambert's first season as DC in Purdue. Um, he is, His previous two stops, he was the head coach at Charlotte. And then he, uh, after that, most recently, he was the defense coordinator at Marshall and they did pretty well. They had one of the more underrated defenses in the country, especially for uh, mid-major school. Um, as a group, Purdue this season is top 30 in fewest pass, or total yards allowed at 301, roughly. And they are ninth in fewest points per game at 14.2. But that's obviously, they played against two of the worst offenses in the country with UConn and Illinois. So I think you got to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, they allowed 21 against Oregon State and 27 against Notre Dame. And the Gophers should expect to be able to score in that range. But it is interesting for a team that typically finds themselves in shootouts. They have a good defense this year. And uh, it's definitely something that is different for a Jeff Brom-led team who has averaged, Brahms' offenses have averaged 300 yards per game every season at Purdue since his first. I said that earlier. Um, this is his fifth season now with Purdue. I also said that earlier. But uh, So his previous stops before Purdue, if you don't remember, he was the offense coordinator at Western Kentucky, moved to head coach, and then he went, um, he's been at Purdue since. Um, they obviously, they started out kind of like a, they were the up and coming team. Jeff Brown was a hot name. And then the past two years, they've kind of struggled record wise. But I think Jeff Brown is one of the more underrated head coaches in the uh, country, to be honest. Uh, it's hard to win at a school like Purdue. And if, if you can get a coach that's competing for a bowl game every year, and he has clearly has built a culture there. I think that tells a lot about the coach. A uh, guy like Matt Campbell at Iowa State, uh, a school that just had no history of winning, go in there and start winning like consistently. I, uh, Brahma isn't at that level, but I think he's getting there. And I think uh, this Purdue team is showing it this year. They are a good football team. Uh, this isn't, uh, I guess, growing up. Um, as I was watching football, Purdue was the the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten, and I just assumed they were always just a boring team, like a Illinois or 
Northwestern or uh, Rutgers who couldn't score any points. You see a lot of punts. They'd run the ball, have an okay defense. Um, kind of the opposite of this team. They they pass the ball. They have a great pass attack, and they have a good defense. Uh, the I think this is going to be a very, very interesting game um, for the Gophers. So as a whole, um, Purdue's strength on offense is definitely their pass attack. Uh, kind of lack in the the uh, running offense, and then on defense, um, they greatly improved their pass defense, one of the best in the conference. Um, but their run defense is lacking. So, Carlaftis uh, on the defensive line on the edge, um, David Bell on the outside at wide receiver, and then those two quarterbacks are definitely um, the players to watch out for and that I would assume the Gophers' game plan will be built around. Um, as for the Gophers and how they match up against um, Purdue and how I think um, their path to victory would look like on Saturday, um, it starts with the secondary. I think the last three Gophers games were all won or lost, unfortunately, with within the trenches. Um, the Gophers needed to dominate against Miami and Bowling Green, and they didn't. Um, and they needed to dominate against Colorado, but they did in that game. Um, this game, kind of like the Ohio State game, will be won on the outside in the secondary. Um, it will be about limiting Purdue's big plays. Against Ohio State, the uh, Gophers allowed those big plays, and that was kind of the difference in the game. Um the big screen pass to the running back, the handful of big plays to the receivers, that kind of was what broke open the game for Ohio State. And the Gophers can't let that happen against Purdue because we obviously have seen the struggles uh, that the offense has had for the Gophers the past few weeks. Um, so I don't think they're going to be able to uh, keep up with Purdue if they let up those big plays. Getting in a shootout, would almost just be very uh, bad for the Gophers' chances of winning. Very bad. Because they can't get in a shootout with Purdue. That's just not going to happen. Uh, the, the game would be over if that happened. We all saw uh, how bad the Gophers' passing offense looked last week. It can improve. They have the talent to improve. Um, but it's not going to be a... Uh, a day and night thing. It's, they're not going to wake up tomorrow and the, this passing attack is going to look like 2019 with uh, now Dalen Wright and Otman Bell are taking the role of Tyler Johnson or Rashad Bateman. That's not going to happen. It can happen throughout the season, but it's not going to happen overnight. So uh, the Gophers' defense and their secondary has to limit big Purdue plays. As for the offense, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but just that creativity and unpredictability, I think, can go a long way. And the Gophers getting those big plays and the Gophers' uh, passing attack taking that next step to not being absolute terrible. Uh, and I, um, bringing on... Cole Kramer last week as in that Seth Green role kind of gave the offense a boost. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Wildcat kind of like predicted run 
like that with a different guy taking snaps at quarterback. Um, but kind of, it plays like that, throwing like a trip play. Uh, this offense just needs a boost. They need confidence. They need to know they can move the ball other than just a long run from Trey Potts. Uh, they need to know Tanner Morgan specifically. Like, if I was the offense coordinator, they obviously uh, most of the time an offense coordinator or play caller scripts their plays out before the game. On the first drive, I would just get some short, quick passes uh, for Morgan to get his confidence back. I, I don't know uh, specifically if his confidence is low, but I would imagine it's not uh, very high. Um, if he just gets some completions, uh, the receivers are talented and the skill position players are talented. If they break one, I could, I could see that just giving even Sanford's play calling and Morgan's uh, decision-making, giving them back that confidence. And now they can trust themselves again. And then they can they can settle back into what they want to do. I would assume they never go into a game wanting to only complete five passes. Um, I would assume during the game they kind of didn't even realize they were doing that. Um, I'm kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like if they just get some easy completions, I feel like that could really give their confidence back on offense. Um, um, the secondary as a whole for the Gophers is allowing the 44th uh, fewest passing yards per, per game, but kind of like how uh, Purdue's Defensive points allowed per game you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. I think you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt for the Gophers because they did play two MAC teams and then against Colorado, who might be the worst passing team in the country. Um, and, but they allowed 294 against Ohio State. Um, and like the secondary has shown that they can play consistent stretches, but it's all about those big plays. The big plays can open up the game and just be uh, very disruptive and uh, just put the Gophers in a hole they can't dig themselves out of. So uh, not to continue saying it, but it's about the big plays. I feel like whoever makes more big plays and the bigger plays is going to win this game. Um, if Purdue has two, four, three 40-yard touchdowns, I just can't imagine the Gophers are going to have that many. It, it's they can, but it's whoever makes more is going to come out of this game with a win, I think. Uh, it, like I said earlier, it's going to be one on the outside, not the trenches. The big plays, big plays. Um, I th also think whoever plays well, not in their strength, will win this game. Because the Gophers on offense will clearly want to run the ball against Purdue's run defense that is clearly not the strength of their defense. And then Purdue on offense will clearly want to pass the ball against the Gophers' pass defense that's clearly not their strength of the defense. Um, I think whoever steps out of that is going to win the game. It'll be between it'll be that, uh, big plays, and whoever plays better in the secondary. Those are my three keys to the game. Um, if the Gophers open up the passing game and show that they can do that, uh, I feel like that'll kind of give them the next level on offense. And then if Purdue finds success running the ball, I think that's going to be a huge problem for the Gophers. So I think whoever uh, steps out of their comfort zone 
and does something out of the ordinary is going to be whoever the team who finds the victory in this game. I think this will be a very, very good football game between two teams that should have every chance to win the game and two teams that realize this game can really write the story of their season. If Purdue wins this game, they could be a sneaky team in the Big Ten and they could make some noise. And if the Gophers win this game, they can rewrite the ship of the catastrophic loss that happened last week. And they can still make noise in the Big Ten because last time I checked, non-conference records don't matter in your conference. Um, I, I think both these teams realize that this game will be super important, and I think it'll be a very good competitive football game between two good football teams. No matter what happened before, these are two good football teams that I expect to put on a good football game. Um, I think that's all I got for you guys on this episode. Again, I appreciate you watching. Row the boat, Skyuma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.